Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to another episode of the National Pastime Dynasty Podcast. I am your commissioner, and more importantly, three-time champion Max, and this is definitely the first try we've had for this intro. Definitely not, uh, didn't screw the first one up. Feeling really good. Um, Joining me today are past champion and aspiring champion, uh, John and Andrew. Guys, how's it going? I'm the past champion, just to clear up any confusion amongst those listening. I don't think anybody thinks Andrew's won. Like I yeah, I haven't, but hello, everyone. Damn, you guys are just <laughs> rude off the get-go, huh? Yeah. yeah see, how you treat, off- see how you treat your guests, Mr. Commissioner. Absolutely. Don't come on this podcast. <laughs> it's not a good idea. Okay, so how's it going? You guys, nothing nothing for the for the how's it going? It's no, going that good. Was as, that was as creative as I could get. Good job, guys. Um, I'm happy pod- it's back. I'm happy it's back, you know. Podcast season will, is yeah. what's going on with the season, but a podcast is happening. So I've been ask Axon, uh, I've been asking Max Axon. for weeks to do a podcast, wondering what's going on, why it's taken until February 23rd to get this put together what's well, what's been going on commish well listen between so it's it's there's been negotiations between me and the associate commissioner and and the rest of the league and we really couldn't uh couldn't figure out you know we're big wigs and and we're trying to make sure everybody gets the product but uh you know we we haven't been able to work it out until now so but here we are uh, a couple weeks away from the draft it's exciting times regardless of lockout and all that stuff, but obviously that's the that's the elephant in the room. So let's start the podcast by talking lockout. You guys have been following the same news I have. You know that there's a quote-unquote deadline for February 28th. Uh, MLB is saying if they don't have an agreement by February 28th, there's not going to be a 162-game season, and they're also insinuating that players would not get paid for games missed, which is uh, incorrect, I think, based off some of the things I've read, but I don't know. Um, how do you guys feel about the CBA progress? Is it moving slower or faster than you thought? Um, Andrew, I'll start with you because John got introed first and boggled it. I'm going to give him a minute to think it over. Uh, Andrew, how are you feeling about the lockout right now? Man, I feel so awful. So bad. I, I figured that obviously talks are speeding up this week because they're up against the the regular season delay date. Um, so obviously talks are intensifying or at least are happening more frequently every day, I think, at this point and through the week. But part of me is like, one, what took so long? Like, I feel like this they're so far apart. This should have been happening for the past month. Um, and everything I've seen on Twitter, it's like, they're so far apart in so many different things. And then they haven't even discussed the biggest issue, which I think is like the, the, the tax and the, the apparatus that judges the tax limits and overspending, underspending and things like that. So I feel literally awful about it. I think it's the uh, competitive, what is the, the balance tax, balance yeah, tax, yeah, something competitive like that. Yeah. Balance. yeah. And that hasn't even been like, no one has even mentioned it or budged per Twitter, obviously, uh, that that hasn't even been discussed, which everyone said was going to be the biggest argument piece of everything. And that hasn't even been talked about. And here we are 
going into Thursday of like pretty much the deadline. You know, the deadline is five a week away. <laughs> so uh not great. It's funny, like I feel like the the thing that everybody was talking about the most was well, with the new CBA, they're gonna um look at putting giving additional money to people before they hit arbitration because they've got studs like Juan Soto who are clearly hitting their prime much younger than the league's payroll system is is like allowing like he's not going to hit arb for a couple of years and he's already an MVP candidate um and then universal DH and it seems like those two things are are the ones that got figured out pretty quick like the parent, they haven't landed on a pre-arb bonus pool yet but at least they've acknowledged that there's going to be one uh, but it's right. that, that competitive balance, the taking away the incentive to tank, um, that does seem to be the big domino that that needs to fall. Well, then I saw on one of the numbers where it's like each team is like ML, like the Players Association started, and these are random numbers, started at like 600 million, and the owners are at 30 million, and each of them are going up and down 5 million each at the end of each talk. So I'm just like, what? Like, what? what are we waiting on? But. You know, I, I, it's just I'm the right worst. It's, it's the worst. Obviously, as you said, draft draft time is the is the most exciting time. But it it is a little. I'll always be excited for it, regardless. And I'm super pumped. But knowing that before we even draft, that the season can get delayed is just a real slap in the balls. Yeah, it's uh, not the first time we felt this way in recent years either. So thanks, MLB. Your biggest fans are really appreciating. Love you. Treated. John, John, tell me about uh, your lockout feelings. Well, I'll be honest. It has gone exactly as I anticipated it going. I mean, we've been talking about this for over a year, and we knew that it was going to be a complete disaster. We talked about it a year ago when everyone agreed that the universal DH was what everyone wanted, and they still didn't get it done in time for the season. Um, So the fact that they agreed upon the universal DH and have actually agreed on something is actually surprising. I totally anticipated this to just be an absolute shit show, which is what it's turned into with the, you know, five minute to 10 minute, whatever negotiations and people walking out of rooms and, and the blame game on, on social media. Um, In the end, they will get something done. I think it's probably 50, 50 that games will be missed if they get something done, it will be at the last minute. There is, I would say, less than a 10% chance that a deal gets done before the 27th if the if the deadline is the 28th. Um, and I, I'm still skeptical that that's actually going to happen. So unfortunately, I think we all saw this coming. We all knew exactly what was going to happen. And it's just happening right now and there's nothing we can do hopefully they'll get their shit together and we will only have to deal with this this year and a year from now we're just talking about you know pitchers and catchers reported last week and spring training is rolling but it's gonna suck for the next couple weeks maybe you know we'll see we'll see how it goes i miss i miss uh i want to i hate them but i miss seeing best shape of their life tweets yeah from spring training i miss them so much (laughs) well i will say one thing i'm really looking forward to so the last nfl uh labor dispute you know they they had those issues and then they got them worked out they got them worked out in time for their preseason workouts but there was like this magic week if in late july if i remember where you know 
20 different stars were signed every single day. And so as soon as this deal goes through, Freddie Freeman's going to sign somewhere. Carlos Correa is going to sign somewhere. Um, and I remember that NFL week, like just being glued to the TV going, oh my gosh, what happened today? Because 40 different things happened. And so, you know, we are going to get something really, really cool in like a three to five day period where Craig Kimbrell is going to get traded and all these people are going to get signed. Um, all these big stars are going to get signed and we're going to know where they're going to be. So it's going to be exciting. We just have to get over that hump first. Yeah, I agree with you, but are you, am I correct in saying that neither of you think we're going to end up with the 162 game season? Yeah, I'm about 80%, about 85% sure that we're not getting a full season at this point. Yeah, I'd, I'd say the chances are better that we don't have a full season. Um, I just don't think anything's going to get done by the 28th. I'm a little bit more optimistic, not about the 28th, but about having a full season because so they're picking the 28th so that they can have four weeks, a full month to have spring training and make sure players get ready. But they have in the past, I mean, for the for COVID year, they had a three-week spring training. So I think the 28th is just like a, a dare you. I dare you not to fold to whatever we're bargaining for by the 28th, and then things get really serious. I don't think we're going to have shit for news for the next couple of days. Um, and then after that, I think the real negotiating starts where they actually start hammering stuff out. But maybe I'm, maybe I'm being a little naive. Uh, but you so know, hope are you like best. 50, are you like 50, 50? Where, I'm, what's... I'm 50, 50, I think okay. uh, for 162 games. Okay. Um, a big part of this though, that we glossed over a little bit. So universal DH is officially going to be a thing um, no matter what. And for fantasy purposes, this should affect our draft in my opinion, right? Like there are guys, national league players or, or maybe American league players getting, that will be signed by national league teams that are now going to be drafted much higher, that are going to be viewed much higher. You know, Nelson Cruz can go to the NL. Um, like, what do you guys think? What? How do you how do you see this playing out for this year's draft? Do you think people will overreact to it, or is it just more exciting to have more hitters in the pool? What, what are we looking at, John? I'll start with you. So I've actually been thinking at it about it on the opposite side from the pitcher standpoint. For years, National League pitchers have had the edge up on American League pitchers because they only have to face eight batters and the American League pitchers have to face nine. I'm wondering what the DH is going to do to these, you know, to the DeGroms of the world. I'm not saying DeGrom's going to suck, but these guys are going to have to face another hitter and they're going to see Nelson Cruz and those guys come across. And, and, uh, and I think that the national league pitchers may struggle a bit more um, as they adjust to this. Granted, they've had uh, interleague play. They face DHs. They're used to this, but they don't, haven't done it on an everyday basis. So I'm interested to see what it will do to the pitchers. We know the guys like Nelson Cruz, we know that maybe, Huck will say something about Otani. We'll maybe get a few more at-bats out of this. Um, it will allow National League teams to treat some players like Salvador Perez, you know, got to play every single game pretty much for the Royals, whether he was catching or not. And so there will be some, some uh, little bits in there that will help some of those players. But to me, I think the biggest thing is how it's going to affect the National League pitchers. Interesting. Andrew. Do you uh, feel the same or do you have any thoughts about 
NLDH? Um, well, I think it'll I think it'll be a little bit of an overreaction from the draft side of things. Um, obviously, the NL adding a another hitter adds at bats to a lot of players that are either you know fourth outfielders, backup catchers that don't you know, or to a catcher that doesn't play every day, or to just a, a big time power hitter. That it's one of those things where yeah, that's awesome. You may hit you know find a diamond in the rough, but there's a reason why you know that person's only getting. 200 300 at bats um you know what whatever it may be it's probably because like if they were just the best then they would be getting their at bats limited so i think it'll be an overreaction and a little bit of an adjustment at first i also to john's point obviously i think the the nl pitching and like the eras you don't have the almost automatic out um every time through the lineup but i do wonder what it does to just innings pitched for some pitchers. Um, obviously, you know, it's the four and two thirds because we were in a tight game and there were run, there was a runner on runners on first and second with two outs or one out or things like that. Seeing what it does to the NL pitchers, like with their innings pitched and their usage now that the manager isn't having to worry about pinch hitting as much now that there's a DH. So that's, I obviously I think you know ERAs and whips and, and pitching stats and stuff like that will rise a little bit just because you're adding in a from an automatic out to not an automatic out, but what it does from the you know just innings pitched side of things for NL pitchers. Yeah, no, I I completely agree with you there. Um, I I'm excited to potentially reach on some NLDHs. Um, and later rounds, like I'm at least I'm hoping that I'm able to do that. If, if people do overreact and start saying, you know, this is going to be the Cardinals DH in the seventh round, then right. obviously I won't have that opportunity, but, uh, I think it makes way, the fun. catching, the catching position a little stronger because you're not having, maybe there's not as many red X days for on the Sunday catchers and they just DH them or, or something like that. So I could see just the catching position being a little bit stronger because maybe, maybe they don't catch one or yeah, one or two guys. I mean, uh, unfortunately, the catchers haven't had the offensive prowess that you know they have in the past. But there, right. there are a few guys that that could a- adjust to. Right, definitely. I could see Posey now playing 150 games. Um, I'm well, trying to think ret- of other. He, re- he retired. Oh, Buster's gone. Buster yeah. retired. Okay, well, you new know. slash. So, in case anyone was wondering, I'm going to edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, Real Muto could get some more, could get some more at bats, you know, um, for the Phillies and, and a few other players like that. And it actually could change how, um, you know, catchers are evaluated by national league teams in certain ways because of the, the Salvador Perez model, but it's not just for catchers. Uh, I mean, there's so many guys that Jordan Alvarez is going to, well, Jordan Alvarez is in the American league, but a Jordan Alvarez type guy is going to get to play all the time. Um, whereas like in the world series or in the playoffs, he wasn't able to do it because of, you know, um, playing in the NL, NL league and he may not be playing the field. So right. uh, it's definitely going to have its benefits. Uh, Max is trying to catch a fly right now. Dude, I did it. I've been trying to catch a fly for the last like 10 minutes and I got him. He landed in my hand and I smushed him. Amazing. Amazing. But I'm still listening to you, John. You're doing great. 
Forgot about Buster Posey, but can catch a fly. Listen, honestly, <laughs> wouldn't have forgotten about Buster Posey if it wasn't for the fly. I think the name I was going for was Wilson Contreras. No, they're uh, so close. Yeah, nice it's recovery. A, the, yeah, they sound the same. They sure look the same. Dude, sure, dude. you know. Yeah. Totally while I was while I was twins. fly hunting, I was like, "What's a National League catcher they're gonna hit?" <laughs> <laughs> well, um. Well, we'll see how, how it all lays out. Um, we'll have a lot more to talk about on next week's podcast. You're not uh, going to tell us what you think? That's it? Other than just you agree with the catcher thing? What about Universal DH? I I said I was excited, and I told you I'm going uh-huh. to probably try and reach for some NLDHs. As far as catchers go, I think it, if anything, just creates a bigger gap between a top five catcher that would be in the National League and everybody else because mm. John's right. It, it's yeah. why are you going to DH a guy that usually hits 240 for you just to you right. know, keep him in the lineup? Like there's, if True. anything, I could see more platoon players getting like, okay, I'm going to, what's his name? Darren Ruff. Like Darren Ruff is going to be a much more popular option in the national league. Cause it's like, uh, we don't have to stick him in the outfield. He can just be our versus left DH, you know? Yeah. So We'll have to see how that all plays out. We will have, hopefully, and I say hopefully because I've had to remind a couple people that the uh, that the keepers are due Sunday, but we should have our draft pool Sunday night, and we'll be able to talk about it on next week's podcast. So we'll probably cover a little bit of this more. The big topic that we have to so, cover. So before before we before you move on to that, sure. does that mean that you can turn in keepers? after the deadline because i would think there's a deadline and if you don't get it in in time then you don't turn in anything but it sounds like you're cool with people sending them to you monday or tuesday i am not cool with people doing that so is there a hard deadline that if you don't get them in by midnight on sunday you have zero keepers if you don't get them in by mid if you put them in at 11 59 on sunday night then you're not getting your draft pool till Monday morning. I'll tell you that. Um, when well, I said, unless you could get it done in a minute, yes, it will be Monday morning, a minute later. So that's I'm just pretty... saying I'm going to be asleep. So when I say hopefully we will have a draft pool Sunday night, I mean I hope nobody's a dick and submits their keepers Sunday at 10 p.m. Because I will be texting people that haven't submitted on Sunday, like, do it right now. Like, there's there's nobody that's going to submit Monday, Tuesday. Like, that's that's not going to happen. Okay. Just trying to be trying to be clear. No. I'll just I, block your number on Sunday as you're texting me. Yeah. Good luck. I'll just. I'll, so, John, do you haven't you haven't submitted your keepers? He has not submitted his keepers. I I'll be honest. Surprise. We should we should have added that for him to live submit on the podcast. That would have been just content. Oh yeah, big time! Yeah, you hear a <laughs> yeah. click. You hear a well, click. Well, no, he has. To, I'm like, saying, like, he has. He has to there announce. Goes. He's got to announce. <laughs> so, you know, pick them. My live keepers on the are podcast. very simple. There's really only one uh, give or take, and so if the Dodgers will come, well, first of all, if MLB will come out and say Trevor Bauer, you're not going to be suspended, and the Dodgers will say Trevor <laughs> Bauer, you're going to start for us and be awesome, then you know I'll submit my keepers today. Um, but yeah. Having to root for Trevor Bauer really, really sucks. <laughs> I'm so glad I don't have Trevor Bauer. What a piece of shit. It's a fucking nightmare. <laughs> so the main topic 
for this podcast is not Trevor Bauer because what an awful podcast that would be. (laughs) But it is, we're covering rule change suggestions. Now, these aren't going to be, I'm not guaranteeing that these are all the rules that we will be voting on um, at the draft, but it's just what's been submitted so far. And I tried to bucket them together because a lot of them are repetitive. Like a lot of people have the same thoughts about, for instance, increasing NAs. It's just how many are there? So I'm going to start with a, a hot button issue, at least one that's that's been coming up. Uh, I've been getting a lot of side texts about this. And draft attendance is something that a lot of people are feeling very strongly about. As of right now, we have 14 of 16 teams in the league that will be represented in person at the Abilene House at the draft. Um, Tony, that after many guarantees of, of being able to attend, is unable to attend because he's having dental surgery. Uh, he will be able to draft and and won't hold us up. He's been good about drafting from afar in the past, but this year, um, despite I like I don't know I don't know how I don't know how is I'm not gonna pretend like I'm his dentist. Um, but you know we got you got the draft details on January third. As for Chris, he told me. I don't know, maybe a week after I sent out the draft details that that just work is too crazy and he can't make the trip. Um, but I fully anticipate him to also not hold us back. He drafted from afar last year and we didn't have to wait for him as much as we had to wait for people, you know, smoking outside. So uh, everybody else, to my knowledge, is paid up or has already talked about like, oh, I'll give you cash at the draft, whatever. Um so there aren't any other hiccups with the draft, but we have some recommendations. So number one, uh, and I want to know what you guys think about each one of these. So the first one is if you fail to attend a draft multiple years in a row, um, your uh, your candidacy, I don't know, your, your manager role in the league will be put to a vote. Um, Andrew, I think this is your submission. I don't think so, but I'll take ownership of it, you know. Own it. Uh, okay. Um, so I, I get like, for some, it could come across a, a little harsh. And obviously I think obviously I, we all know that shit happens, right? You know, for example, Sutton, you know, Sutton was potentially going to miss due to the birth of his first grandchild. If he missed that and then was just ill the next year, like, I don't think anything would have happened and that's completely understandable. Um, you know, so that's obviously the put to a vote is a major thing. Um, I want as much participation as possible being someone that's in multiple separate group texts with people in the, the, the league, um, side group texts, whatever it is. Um, I want as much participation as possible. Um, and always missing the draft shows that you are not participating as much as possible. Um, I think we've got to a point in the league. I, I mean, I've been in the league less than everyone else on the podcast at least. So, um, I guess it may be not, it's not necessarily in my place to say perhaps, but I think everyone, uh, we have a pretty solid core of people that are full, full 100% torqued all the time about it. And I want all 16 people to be all in 100% torqued about it. Fully torqued. John, fully, fully torqued. John, uh, so, what, do you, what do you think about the multiple years in a row vote? I, I'm cool with with that. I mean, if we want to go ahead and put them up for a vote, it's frustrating that folks um, miss multiple times. Like Andrew said, stuff comes up, uh, but 
for the most part, if you're continually missing the draft, that's that's a huge problem. And uh, I think it's going to be easier rather than like, okay, put them up for a vote. I'm fine with that. But I think we should normalize the fact that it's going to be much more difficult for someone not at the draft to actually draft a team. I, I don't think we should have Zoom calls. I don't think we should have anything like when it's when it's your pick, you're watching the Google Sheet and you have 60 seconds or, or two minutes or whatever, and then we're moving on. Um, I, I think if we just did that, it might encourage more draft participation because if you just have to sit there and blindly stare at a Google sheet all day by yourself, not talking to other people, then, you know, you're going to get off your ass and go to the draft. So, um, it, it, like I said, things come up and that's part of the deal, but, you know, we have 14 of the 16 and, and never having 16 people, at the draft is is ridiculous. You know, we should just do everything we can to get people there and make it really uncomfortable for the people that aren't showing up. I would like to I would like to add also like the whole put it to a vote. It it would doing that also puts and this is just me talking from personal experience in the league. While Chris never been to a draft or not been to a draft that I've been to. No, um, he was at he was at the first draft. He was at the first Yeah, one. he went okay. to the one yeah. in Montgomery. Okay, so at least the, the ones that I've been to, he has not hasn't been there, not going this year. Um, I think everyone can probably say participation wise, Chris is responding to a, a text for a trade. Is one of the more active traders, right? Tony, I can't get Tony to respond to anything. So, for example, if it was actually a vote, um, I would probably vote no to be honest to both of them because I want everyone at the draft. But I think it would be. I think voting Tony out because in my personal opinion, never responds to a text I send him would be much easier to kick him out than it would be Chris who I can text and he'll at least entertain the, the trade talks or he'll you know, tickle my balls a little bit about it. Oh, he's a ball tickler for sure. Yeah. But if Chris goes to one draft in five years, right. I, I don't want him there. Right. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. Even if it's one draft in three years, that, that just, that sucks. Okay, but uh, let's let's be honest. So Chris made like eighty something moves last year, made the playoffs last year, like and and made you know plenty of trades. He's he's always active in the group text. I I go I go two ways about this. Okay, so I hate the Zoom call. I fucking hate the Zoom call, partially because I'm hammered drunk. Usually by the time the draft starts, because we start at high noon, and I don't want to have to be. You know, managing the draft board, looking at Zoom guy. Oh, my gosh. They stepped away from their chair. I'd rather just all of us be together. There's the camaraderie aspect of it, too, where it's like it's just like, uh, you know, if you haven't met everybody in person, it's just harder to communicate everything. Like it's harder to make trades. It's it's not as fun in the group text. But like having met Adam in person, I'm a lot more comfortable texting him about whatever, you know, playing Call of Duty with him, whatever it is. But I also remember that we're a couple of years removed from like not having, like having trouble finding somebody to fill a spot. You know, we've had the same teams in the league. I think that's, it's going on four years now. And now we've got all kinds of people. I know that, that there are a couple people um, that, Whenever people say, oh, we should kick people out of the league if they're not going to come to the draft, they have specific people in mind to take their place. And it's a luxury that we haven't had before because we've had to replace somebody every season in the past. Um, Fact of the matter is it's a dynasty league. 
Chris has put in four hundred dollars and uh, at least uh, you know fifty to sixty hours of just trade texting alone over the past four years. And Tony's been in the league for over ten years now and won a championship. So it's like as much as I want people at the draft house, I just don't know if I'm willing to take it that far. Like if they don't, I, I'd rather them just be clear about why they're not coming to the draft. Like I, I'll be honest. I don't know why Chris isn't coming to the draft. It makes no sense. He doesn't have to, there's no gas issues. Um, they're like, he could just ride with us if he wanted to. And he knows right. everybody that's going, he's, he's been to a draft before. If he just doesn't want to go, like the, I'm, I'm busy with work thing on one weekend, two months out, it just, it doesn't cut it for me, but at the same time, it's not enough for me to want to kick him out. Tony has specifically told me if he doesn't attend the draft next year, I should boot him. And I, I don't really know how to take that. Cause like I said, Tony been in the league 10 years. Um, but that's I, like, well, and uh, that's the thing is, you know, and I'm, I'm okay with it. Uh, I mean, seriously, like as much as we want everybody there and it's frustrating that they're not going, like I said, even if you don't put it up to a vote, just make it very uncomfortable for the people that have to draft from home that you shouldn't, we shouldn't have to put up with a zoom call and having to deal with a zoom call and go through all of that nonsense. Like you said, because they're not showing up because what it does is it makes you max have to do extra work. Cause I don't do that shit. I sit in the back and drink beer and make my picks. You're the one that's standing there having to facilitate a call and everything else. You shouldn't have to do that. No one should have to do that. And so we should just draft everybody draft and do their thing. And when it comes up to the person's pick, when they're not there, they've got to text it in to somebody and it will be announced but we don't have a Zoom call of people just waiting and, you know, talking to them and we're waiting forever. I don't think Chris would hold us up. I don't think Tony would hold us up, but you shouldn't have to babysit a computer with a Zoom call because they're not going to be there. So that's a good segue into the next rule change recommendation. Um, the second one around draft attendance, managers who do not attend the draft still have to pay house dues. That's uh, I know Huck submitted that one. And I'll be honest, in comparison to the first one, I kind of like it. Like, and if if people aren't attending the draft for financial reasons, I'd rather just know that. Like, I'd rather know that. And I'll I'll be honest, like we'd figure it out. Like we we'd right. work it out. It, the, there were earlier. Like earlier in the in the dynasty, you know, years three, four, five, there were some people, including myself, that at times would be like, "Listen, I know I owe a hundred dollars for league dues. I'll get it to you third week of the season." Like I just, you know, stuff like that. It just happens. Like the money is not as big a deal, but if you not attending the draft is all around, I just don't feel like spending the money, and it's just not really my thing making you pay the dues and basically saying, I'm not going to take this free vacation and I'd rather just pay for everybody else to have a cheaper stay than sure. Stay home. Do your thing. Um, Andrew, what do you think about the house dues? I mean, I love it. Be I obviously didn't win the championship. So never had to cover a house, you know, on my own card or, or whatever it is. It's always been, I feel like I'm always one of the first people to Venmo, but I think I see this as like a less aggressive way to be like, look, be at the draft. Obviously, I'm sure there's people that could be like, look, I'm going to throw away the 
three hundred ish dollars of or or two hundred ish dollars of of going on the draft house, but it, it takes all the pressure off of in this scenario yourself, Max and Chase of having to collect the money and then everyone else knowing how much they actually pay, you know, for the draft. So I think it's a, it's a way to entice people to go into, uh, you know, to, to, to go to the draft. It's just a little bit less aggressive. Um, I'm going to vote yes for both of them. Um, just because I want that participation. I want to meet all 16 people. I want to hang out with all 16 people. Don't see everybody, you know, obviously as often as I do others, but like, for me, I guess the, the draft is like, I I know Max, you, Ethan, and I, we start talking about like next year's draft house in like November. Yeah. I think I was, bu- I think we were both bugging you like, Hey, has Chase picked a house yet? We want to see it. Like we'd like just look forward to it. So I want, I want that, you know, all 16 people to feel that way about the draft. So I'll vote yes for the more aggressive one to where you're out. But, and then obviously all 100% vote yes to where you still got to pay just to take kind of the, the secretary treasurer pressure off of the champion yourself. And, and just, it's, Hey, you got to pay. Sorry. It's just a part of the league. Yeah. Chase is like, this is hundred percent on his card. I offered to, I offered to friend it because I've, I've played the, you know, dues collector before. And he said, no, I'm champion. It's my responsibility, which I respect and loved, right. um, but for what it's worth, Chris and Tony not attending the draft. I know Huck has brought it up in the group text, but we all will each have to send Chase another sixteen dollars, um, which I imagine we can do when we get to the house. We can work that out. But right. John, uh, well, and house dues. So <clears throat> I I don't really care either way. I think the biggest reason to vote yes for this is, like you said, knowing up front exactly how much everybody owes. If it's very clear that here it is, divide this by 16, and everybody owes this, it's very, very clear instead of the person who um, booked it going, okay, are we going to have 13? Are we going to divide this by 12? Are we going to, you know, whatever. Last year, the one that dad picked was like $400 a night or something stupid. Uh, it, it cost us, or maybe not a night, but I remember it costing like almost 400 bucks. It was $150 a night. Okay. So it was $300 for the, yeah. But so, then beer and food and yeah. yeah. Um, but what, what I'm saying, the, the reason behind that is it was $300 total for everyone each because only 12 people went, you know, if we had known up front that we're dividing this by 16, it would have been a little bit cheaper, but everybody would know exactly how much they owe from the get-go. And I think that's the easiest part that, look, I paid my part. Um, it sucks that everybody's going to get there and have to pay an extra 16 bucks. I mean, yeah, it's 16 bucks. It's not that big of a deal. Um, but that's just stupid. I just don't understand that. Like we need to cut it up evenly and that just needs to be part of the deal. So, um, yes, hopefully it will encourage people, more people to go to the draft, but more importantly, it's just easy for the people that are collecting the money and for everyone else to know clearly, look, this is how much I'm going to pay for the draft house and, and it's done. Yeah. For what it's worth, Sutton, uh, has followed this rule twice already. Um, the, the COVID year when the uh, we picked a we picked a draft house. That was the and, one I picked down like by Brenham. Yes, or something. The, the Brenham draft house. Um, Sutton paid for it, and then whenever COVID hit, was like, "Hey, 
I'm not, I don't feel comfortable going, but like, go ahead and keep the money. Like, I don't want people to have to pay more because of me. And then he did the exact same thing this year. As soon as Chase sent it, or as soon as I sent out on January 3rd, all the draft information, Sutton paid and said, well, I might have to miss it. So just so you guys know, I'm, you know, and let us know what the situation is like, according to rule, the first rule we talked about, I mean, that's like the opposite of kicking Sutton. Now what's the opposite of kicking someone out? Like he's, he's following these rules before they're being proposed. Right. Yeah. I guess for me though, the reason why the second one, like, well, it's awesome, right? Standardize it. Everyone pays this much. It may be like, if you're not as serious about the league and like, that's going to be like, you know what? I don't want to, if, if they were, if the thought was in the head of, I'm never going to go, but I have to pay for it. Maybe this will be like, look, this isn't for me. To me, though, I, like we already kind of said, it's not necessarily a be- like it is from an ease, like ease of like just easy for everyone else. It's not even really about the money. Like it's sixteen dollars, so I'll still vote yes to it. But I don't know if it necessarily solves anything. Well, and that's what I'm saying. It's not necessarily about the money. It's more about the frustration. Yeah, it's more about, okay, what am I going to owe whenever I get there instead of having clear expectations of this is how much money I'm going to owe and this is when it's going to do and this is what's going to happen. Do you think, but I don't know, I don't think it necessarily affects like draft attendance. I don't necessarily, I think if you're someone that's not going to go, you'll just pay it and then whatever. There's some people that'll be happy to pay 130 bucks to stay home. And, And you know what? Okay, that's fine. I mean, it sucks, but like, hey, thanks, thanks for subsidizing our our draft. Still, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, the next- and it means that you could get, and I'm sorry, Max, but it means that maybe you could get something a little bit nicer if we chose to, if we really, if we knew we were cutting it up 16 ways. Because whenever I was picking the house, I was really only counting cutting it up 12 or 13 ways because I knew that that's all that would show up. If we're going in saying it's gonna be you know, cut up 16 ways and we're all comfortable paying $150 each, then the person choosing the draft house has a clear budget that they can look at and evaluate rather than going, ah, I'm sure everybody will be okay with this. Yeah. To your point, I know that Chase was looking at a couple of different houses, a couple of different options and cost was a concern. Um, just, just an overarching concern. Like, I don't think attendance factored in as much, but yeah, having a clear, like, budget in mind when you're picking a house i'm sure that would be a nice nice little luxury for a champion um because we should cater to champions obviously thank you three-time champ looking looking at him right here um the next rule change proposal around draft attendance there's only four of them we'll talk about other things i promise but uh it's a john proposal normal normalize the draft time frame uh just picking the second weekend in march and i think this is because we know there aren't any Chase baby birthdays. To our knowledge, there aren't any Victor baby birthdays second week in March. Um, John, I mean, it's, this is it's pretty straightforward, right? We're just trying to make sure that everybody knows even before January 1st, this is when the draft is. It is. And, and it kind of goes back to the last discussion of clarity. Um, we voted to have a clear uh, trade deadline. And I think it's Huck's birthday, so that we'll never forget. It's August 11th. It's going to be our trade deadline forever. And that is very clear. We know when the trade deadline is. Um, and I like that, that it is a date and it's it's you know set in stone. If we would know that the draft is going to be the second weekend in March, 
every single year. We would know how long we have between keepers as long as the NFL doesn't move the Super Bowl again. Um, and we would know, you know, when the draft was going to be. So those of us that plan things three, four, five, six months ahead of time can block that weekend off and know not to have anything planned for that weekend. Um, like me personally, I coach my son's baseball team. And so I know that I'm probably going to do that for the next 10 years. And their season is going to start the fourth week in March or the, uh, I think it's the third or fourth Saturday in March. So if we have uh, the draft on the third or fourth Saturday in March, I might not be able to attend because I'm going to be coaching a baseball team. Um, whereas if we normalize it and I don't care if it's the first week in March, the second week in March, you know, something along those lines, let's pick a weekend. And I said the second weekend in March, because exactly what Max said, this works out for 14 out of the 16. And we know that, the other two, I mean, dental surgery is not going to happen every year and whatever Chris is going through might not happen every year. So this is an open weekend. Let's do this. Let's lock it in. And I hope he doesn't have dental surgery every year. Like that would be what a terrible thing to have happen for draft time. Um, Andrew, are you, are you cool with the draft time normalizing? Does this change anything for you? No, I'm, I'm 100% on board with it. Makes it easier for everyone kind of cuts out the whole, uh, I have work or a doctor's appointment or whatever it is. Cause it's like, well, you knew this was coming. Like it's been this forever or whatever it is. So I'm 100% on board if it makes things easier. Oh, I'm right there with you. It's just easy and easy is good. Um, when everything else with the draft seems to be hard. Uh, this is another John suggestion and has been one for a long Any time. Years. Remove the waiver system from post draft. So, as we know, after I put in the keepers, there's a three-day waiver system, and we all sit and wait and prioritize and strategize, you know, who we're going to try and take from waivers whenever we stash our NA players. Um, John wants the waiver system removed post-draft and wants there to be a mad dash to pick up players. So, and this actually goes back to our discussion, what I was saying of make it more difficult for the people not at the draft. Um, uh, you know, what we would do is Max puts in the teams and then it's not as soon as Max says, okay, go. Um, we just say like at the top of the hour and there's an alarm that goes off. Somebody sets their phone. And when that alarm goes off, um, that's when you can start picking up players. Well, if somebody's not at the draft, they're not going to know when the alarm's going off and they're going to miss out on all these free agents and they can't be the first one to pick them up. Um, or we say at the top of the hour. So at straight up 10 o'clock, every free agent pickup is timestamped. If your free agent pickup was at nine 59, the commissioner goes in, removes that one. You're done. Um, but we all draft so many NA guys, so many guys that are on the IL um, that we're all picking up three, four, five players after the draft and it's like a, a post draft. It's, it's just exciting. And why should we have to wait for three days? Cause that's just dumb. Well, the reason we've waited for three days previously is exactly what you're talking about. Like, first of all, not everybody's drafting in the same place. Um, you don't want somebody to have an unfair advantage just because they know when it opens up. But with this rule change, like everybody would, it would be communicated to everyone. Um, granted, you know, if you're, passed out drunk at the draft house, then you're just going to have to, uh, you know, miss out on those yeah. guys that weren't drafted in the 22nd round. So, uh, Andrew, do you like, you like the mad dash? 
I wish I, I like it. I don't love the the three day waiting period or whatever the waiting period is. I wish there was a way we could make a like maybe not a mad dash, but like all in like a there's one coming up later rule change. I don't want to spoil anything, but like all right, like some sort of post draft for wave like for waiver wire pickups or something like that. That's just me spitballing, but one hundred percent like this way better than what it is now. So it, it'll be a yes for me. Okay. I mean, at least acknowledging the way it is now sucks. Yes. One 100%. Don't like waiting three days. I want to be able to like, after the draft, everyone loves their roster. I want to be able to love it more because yep. it's a complete head. Yeah. And, and I mean, I guess you could just add on rounds to the draft, but I don't want that because then these guys are, are they keeper eligible? Are they, you know, and, and I just, I don't want that. That's why I want them to be free agents. And yeah, we could pick them all up right then and there as, and you have your guys queued up for what you want and you wait for that alarm to go off and you click go. And right. if you're not in the room to know when the alarm goes off, then you're just waiting to see free agents posted. And then, you know, you can go. And I hope this adds to like a, uh, you know what? My roster's full. I wanted this. To, I was planning on picking up these two relievers. Didn't get them. Now I need to maybe trade for a relief pitcher or like, damn, I wanted that guy. Will you take maybe this guy for that guy? So I think it'll make trading better. So I'm all in on anything that makes more trades happen. Dude, drunk draft house talk. Like if this, yeah. increases, if <laughs> yeah. this increases drunk uh, draft exactly. house talk, then I'm all for it. You know, like this could encourage more draft night trades because everyone will have a full roster. If you don't have a full roster, you're kind of waiting to see where you're going to fill a spot. I mean, there's always, I typically always have a starting position that's not filled, whether it's a second baseman or a left fielder or something, because I'm a jackass and I draft nine in a guys. The, the uh, catcher, um, the catcher draft after the draft is the always catcher a draft. <laughs> you're exactly <laughs> right. right. Oh, yeah. I mean, seven teams don't draft a catcher. So, uh, you know, I just think it would be more fun. And then two hours after the draft, everybody has full rosters and you're trading, you're talking, you're you're looking at your first week matchup that's full, that has everybody's rosters in. It's just, it would be awesome. Yeah, I'm really glad that Levi wouldn't have to wait um, three days to get the opening day catcher for the Reds, whoever it is. Because <laughs> like, that's just, that's who he's going to have. All right. I, so we're all agreed on that one. Uh, moving on to draft adjacent uh conversation this is we've got two suggestions for draft seating one of them has been brought up in the past and i'm going to go ahead and nip it in the bud and say we could vote on this but i'm heavily against it because there's nothing in yahoo currently which i went back and looked there's nothing that that gives a loser's consolation bracket option for people that didn't make the playoffs the whole purpose of this is trying to make it so that you know, people out of the playoffs have something to play for and that there's no reason to tank um, for that purpose. So the loser's consolation bracket is is what it is. Um, I would have to do it manually. And I hate that idea. So I'm just going to bypass that in this conversation so that we can talk draft lottery for the draft order for the teams that didn't make the playoffs. We would be doing this Friday, but or Friday night before the draft either before or after the rule change discussion. Um, Andrew, I believe this is your suggestion. This, this and, one is all me. And you've got uh, like, you've got ideas, right? I do. I mean, I'm talking like the whole, like we get a little bingo ping pong balls. It's a, it's a spectacle. And again, just, just more fun events. Um, 
just draft weekend making draft weekend the best weekend you know of the year um but in all seriousness i think a lot of people you know obviously don't want the the tanking for getting first pick scenario so it could even be uh if we want to even keep it to where i don't i i would rather hey whoever just misses the playoffs gets the highest odds um to getting the first pick whatever that it whatever that may be to me this is just a fun way to fun way to take a you know try to limit tanking um but also if your team is bad you know and you actually get last place you're we're just not straight up going to do the the hey reverse order to where if you're in if you're the first team to miss the playoffs you get the first pick this just adds a little flair to it and some fun so i would actually like to to tweak it slightly um just a just a little bit uh i love the idea of the the reverse i mean we moved to that in football it, it encourages people to fight for ninth place you know um, i think that that's a good thing but i would just add a few other little tweaks to it first off um we can't do it this year but this is something i would really like to do at least a week before the draft if we were to move to this in the future because as much as we make fun of Brad and his research that he you know does um i do kind of lay out my draft according to where i'm picking and that's a pretty big deal between first pick ninth pick 15th pick um it can really change how things go and you're looking at who's available and who's definitely going to be there and who who won't and so um i would like to do it a little bit earlier but we can't do that this year um I know Andrew wanted to make it part of the weekend and that's not the worst thing in the world, but that would be he hates one thing. It. He hates the, it. He the hates bigger it. He tweak, hates it. <laughs> the bigger tweak that I would like to do that's actually a little bit more fun, I more think, fun. and adds oh, more boy. strategy mm. is you have your lottery, but rather than choose, all right, this team, you have the first pick, you choose. It's one, like we would all have to be in the room for this. You choose, Max, you're up. You get to choose your draft position, one through 16. Because if you're asking me, if I don't get one through five, I might prefer 16 over seven, you know, and have a swing pick. And so you do your lottery, but you can't do that for playoffs team, playoff teams, I guess. I don't know. We, we would have to kind of talk that out and adjust it. But I think it'd be cool to be able to choose. Like if you do some of these roto drafts, they do the Kentucky Derby style deal where you say, these are my preferred draft slots and you get to choose where you draft. I think it'd be cool that if your lottery deal comes up, you get to choose, okay, I'd rather have pick three, pick six, pick 15, something like that. And, uh, and kind of adjust from there. What, what do y'all think of that? I don't know if you could if the lottery would work with playoff teams. I was thinking more along. I think the NBA does it where if you make the playoffs, that you are you are there. So if you are the first team, or you know, I don't know how the tiebreaker is. If you lose in the first round, who has what? I don't think it's probably based off of record in the regular season. You are the playoff teams are kind of locked in to to their spots. So I, it would really be a a lottery for every team that didn't make the playoffs to where it's hey you know i have and and my thought was like hey it would add a little strategy going to it hey you know i have the second best odds of getting the number one overall pick mm -hmm. does that adjust if i want to keep my potential first round pick or not um do do i want to do that or do i not want to do that i see what you i see kind of the downside from the the 
the keeper side of thing. And obviously the first round is really the only round, in my opinion, that you can 100% plan for, or not even 100%, but obviously, you know, plan for like, Hey, I think this guy goes here. Eventually it all gets thrown out, but mine was going to be just for playoff teams or the not playoff not playoff, the teams that didn't make the playoffs be in the, the, the lottery. Yeah, no. And I, and I understand that was the, the design behind it. I was just right. kind of thinking it would be cool if we could, do it the whole way. I, I don't know if that's possible though. I, I really don't. I don't know if we actually wrote that out. If I would, if that's what I would want, I just kind of spitball that. Right. Well, it'd be tough. Like for example, right. If I was in the lottery and I'd keep Brandon Woodruff, right. If I could potentially get the first round pick, do I want to keep him? Would I? Yeah. If you can get well, the overall pick, I don't think right, so. Right. But and, if it was weighted though, like you said, if you had Brandon Woodruff and it was weighted according to your finish, or whatever. Right. Ninth place um, gets gets eight. You yeah. know, so on, so on, so on. But what I was wanting, and the whole like if it's non-playoff teams, okay, you're gonna choose and you're probably just gonna go in order, you know. Uh so you, the the choosing your draft slot. I guess I was looking more at the strategy of I I prefer the end of the first round. I prefer the end of the draft um in all formats. And so I think I would really like to be able to get the 16th pick. Um, but is that robbing the champion of having that 16th pick? Some, yes. some would say that the champion earned that swing pick. And so we can't do that. So maybe it's a stupid idea, but I thought it was worth, worth a shot to kind of talk it out and see if it was something that would grow some legs. I hate it, but I do like Andrew's. <laughs> I do like Andrew's bingo ball idea at the draft. Listen, if you want to know where you're picking in the first round, make the playoffs. Okay, like that's that's all I have to say to you. Like, if I I agree with that, I think if it passes for this year, um, we don't give odds on the eight teams that are in it. Everybody has equal odds because it's a it's a rule change. It follows the rule change, rule change, rule change rule where we pass it, we're doing it immediately. (laughs) But the it wasn't really established before that. So for the teams that did, uh, and I don't want to say tank but fail miserably, um, it doesn't exactly like punish them for it yet until next year. Cause now going into next year, they'll know there's no benefit. Like if you're getting last place, you're only hurting yourself. Um, yeah. So for this year, I think even odds for all the, uh, the bottom non, eight non-playoff teams, non-playoff teams. I'm telling you, I, I see a bingo wheel right now. I'm we, ready to hit it's funny. We, uh, We've we've had many drunken debates at the bar at someone's house on NFL Sunday about this rule. Um, something where it's like, hey, I think Max, you mentioned at one point maybe only the playoff teams vote for this rule because you're gonna have the you know, for example, John and, and Kevin maybe vote no because it affects them most this year, and then who Ethan and someone else vote yes automatically because oh you're telling me i'm slotted i was slotted to get the eighth pick and now i have a chance at the first absolutely i vote yes to this and and john you and kevin being like wait i have the first and second pick i'm gonna vote no because my chances are now that i get a later pick so i think that was floated around once by max i don't think we decide i think we decided we obviously want everyone to vote um on it but there's there are so there's so much i do worry about this specific rule change taking an hour and a half just like divisions did last year and also you know that was my rule change also so uh i worry about it taking an hour and a half just ironing out the details but any 
thing I anything that can be added for draft weekend fun, I'm always going to vote yes. That's so. I'll that's be kind of why I love it too. It, it's not going to affect me. Like, uh, yeah, so I, I'm not going to miss the playoffs. So. Never, never going to miss the playoffs. Max's never. team will never, never suffer. Um, I'll be honest. I, I was going to vote for this no matter what. I was talking about this last year that we need to have, you know, before we were talking about ping pong balls, it needs to be reverse order. That's just the way it needs to be. Um, I can tell you that as far as tanking, you know, there may be some teams that tank, but I, I don't think we think of tanking like it is in, in MLB because the first pick in the draft in our draft doesn't have near the weight that say the first pick in a redraft league would um, you're not getting most of the top players. So yes, this year is kind of different because there's, there might be some good players that are in the draft pool, but to be honest with you, the first draft really, or the first pick in the draft really isn't all that super valuable most of the time. And the idea that people tank for that first pick, it's less that people tank for that pick. It's that their team is not good that season and they are just not trying as hard as they can. I mean, my job was to build my keepers last year and I did. And so I built my keepers. And so I wasn't waking up first thing in the morning to pick up uh, waiver wire guys. I was filling. I was filling a lineup, and that's why my team sucked. I wasn't tanking for the first pick in the draft, and so I will right. vote for this because because that I think that's the way it should be. Um, but it, my pick in the draft is not going to affect that by any means. Now, do I feel like like Max said this wasn't set up in the past? This is a, a pick. This is a, a rule that really affects you full season because the benefit of this rule is to make everyone, you know, work hard and try hard and um, more do balls. that all, all the way through the season. And, you know, if you're changing it the night before the draft, then, you know, that, that doesn't seem right. But I'm also the one that fought so hard for the rule change, rule change, rule change rule. Cause I was tired of waiting a whole year for rule changes. That's stupid. So, you know, I don't have a problem with this. I'm going to vote for it. Because my draft spot doesn't really matter. I'm sorry, guys. I have my track. I'm, I'm, sh- I'm shocked that you, being like the whole, because you said earlier, like that you plan like for your draft based off of where your Definitely. pick is. And like, while yes, you're like in a redraft, you can draft Tatis and number one overall pick, whoever you want to pick. I disagree that I think that the number one pick you there's always value there, right? There's, there's always value in comparison to the rest of the draft pool. Charlie I Blackman like, was like well, the top three pick most years. No, he's, you he know. is like a, a mid to late first rounder, but we've had like Juan yeah. Soto be a number one. DeGrom, Jacob DeGrom. DeGrom, Jordan this year, there's talk of Freddie Freeman being available. I'm waiting for keepers to be submitted, but like the difference between the number one player and the number four player is probably going to be a bigger gap than a second rounder to a third rounder. You know what I mean? Well, and what I'm talking about, whenever I'm talking about mapping out my draft, there's a huge difference in, you know, different spots of the draft and being able to see where I'm going to take a closer, where I'm going to take these guys. And so I'm mapping out eight rounds. And in each round, I have four or five guys that I want to take in, in those rounds. And yeah, sometimes I get to a round and all four guys are gone. And sometimes I get to a round and a guy I had two rounds before is still there. So I'm taking him. Um, that's just my process. That's how I've always done it. Uh, but it's very different if you're talking the first pick versus the 12th pick in our draft, because they're in very different spots in the draft. But 
like my whole argument is that I just don't think that tanking people are tanking for the first pick. I, I don't know. Maybe that's what Kevin was doing. I don't, I can tell you that's not what I was doing um, because I just don't see that much value in the first pick because you're not getting, you know, Tatis or uh, any of those big top flight guys. No, but you're getting some, but I mean, I guess it's, you're getting, you're getting somebody you're, good. You're getting your choice and it's all in comparison to where obviously the full draft pool isn't available, but it's still of the draft pool. You are getting who you think is the best player overall. But is Freddie Freeman going to make last year's last place team, a playoff team automatically? No, not like Patrick Mahomes does in a football league, you know, not like having Tatis or Acuna, if he's full strength or, you know, somebody like that can no, move your team true. that, that much. And so that's what I'm saying. Right. When we talk about the value of the pick, it's not that valuable um, to where it's worth tanking is what I'm saying. I'll tell you right now. So, and I'm not accusing Sutton of anything, but from week 11 on Sutton had one win and one tie. And most of his scores were not competitive we're talking double digits on the other side. Um, so like, I, I, I do think that I'm not saying like he tanked to get the number one overall pick, but I think that if he had something to play for, I think his strategy changes throughout the season. Yeah, exactly. Which is why I, I support the reverse or lat lottery or all of that. That's the way. It also the, if you're, if you're not in the playoffs, like if you're in the playoff hunt, you're obviously, you know, competing for a ship, but this adds, you know, a great new idiom to the league where it's like, if you're not in the playoffs, listen, you're not playing for a ship. You're playing for those balls. You want to get those balls. The more balls, them you balls. Get in the bingo ball deal, the better draft pick you're going to get. So go get you some balls. I see. I wish we could make this a, Hey, we're all the league. We're doing an emergency zoom call. We're voting now, so I know if we need to bring ping pong balls and a bingo machine to the draft. <laughs> I think so. I think we bring it either way, especially if you want it to pass. Like you show up with one and go, "Why the fuck did I buy this bingo thing?" Then you know, like, oh yes, and if, if even if you hate it, I brought this fucking bingo yeah, machine. Reimburse. Yeah. <laughs> if not, then we got to be playing some bingo. If not, right. everybody Venmo chase sixteen dollars. Now Venmo me eight dollars for this fucking bingo. <laughs> All right, so moving past the draft lottery order, just the draft in general, um, something we've talked about a lot, minimum innings pitched limits. One person submitted it should be upped from 20 to 30. Another person said 20 to 35. Andrew, what do you think about this? Yes, 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 yes. Which one? Uh, I'm going to go 35. I think it needs to – I'm cool with 30. I want 35. I just – with the way it is with is now and why I vote 35 is we've made it to where you don't, ha you pretty much can punt an entire, pretty much an entire position. Um, and it not really matters. It, it matters some, I mean, I guess it's not punting, but I want starting pitchers to matter. Um, they're the pitchers that people look at most in, 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 in baseball drafts. So I want them to, to matter more, you know, they throw the most innings. They, you know, things like that. So I'm going to vote 35 just to make it to where one, you can't just have two or three starting pitchers that, that, you know, you obviously have to have more than that. And two, it makes people make more moves and pay more attention. Okay. Fair enough. John, what do you think? 30 or 35 or not at all? So I submitted the 30 option. 
Um, and, and that's just, I, I thought that that was a good jump. Uh, if we're looking at 35 or something like that, I know Max mentioned to me something about the average team had X amount of innings pitched last year. Uh, I would want to go back and look at some of those and, and evaluate what 35 innings really looked like. I think 30 is a, is, is more than enough. Um, but, uh, I think if I was going to vote for something higher than 30, I would have to go back and look and see what that would actually look like and how many pitchers that would require. Um, you know, we have to reward the guys that are, are playing well. And, you know, I know I'm kind of the one that started this whole, you know, only have a couple of starting pitchers on your, on your roster and use all these relievers. Uh, but back whenever I did it, I had four ace pitchers. And I would always use those guys and I would always get my 20 innings out of those guys plus my relievers. And even back then, I'm sure I got 30 innings every, every week. I don't have a problem with only having two starters, but I think we should reward the ability to have more starters and encourage more, whether it's streaming or rostering more starters and, and doing stuff like that. So the number that we talked about, and by the way, the, the way I got this number was it was a really long training meeting and I painstakingly went through every single uh, result for the first 10 weeks of the season. That's how long the training meeting lasted. And the average team on any given week had 54 innings pitched. Like I, I would say like for my team, it was more, um, but 54 innings pitched was the average team. So I'd be fine with 30 or 35. I just, my like the first thing we'll vote on is do we need more innings pitched and then i you know i'm gonna vote yes and then anything that happens after that i'll probably vote for 35 but like it needs to be increased because there's i I don't know how many teams 30 like would have lost pitching stats based on 30 last year um i'm not sure any maybe one maybe two instances in individual weeks uh, but I think 35 at least keeps it top of mind, like makes it so that teams aren't just like, listen, I've only got relievers. I've got my two starters. Like, let's do this. Uh, it, you should, if that's going to be your strategy, you should at least have to sweat out 35 innings. Well, and that 50 something number can, can be kind of skewed. Cause if you put Tony's team and Huck's team together, they average 55 innings a week. You know, um, well, but Tony doesn't make any moves. You're thinking more like Victor's team and Huck's team. Okay. And, and well, yeah, but Tony has eight starters. And so he still might get, you know, 70 innings in a week in, in some yeah. weeks. There were, and, there were weeks last year where I had a hundred over almost over a hundred innings pitch. Oh, yeah. Me too. Yeah. yeah. And, and I'll bet you there wasn't a week that I had more than 50. But, and so it's real top heavy and real bottom heavy. So I don't, I don't know about the 50 number. I would have to go and see, you know, what that would look like as far as whether it was 30 to 35. But I I think that if we stick to 30 or 35 and don't go higher than that, I think those are reasonable numbers. That's the thing. I think both of them are reasonable. Like if, if 50 was the number strategy would change. That'd be tough to an extreme level. I don't, I don't even know that it would be tough, but it's just, it would be tough to find pitchers sometimes. Well, to it would, sweat out streams. Yeah. It would devalue relief pitchers. Because sure. you would just be you drafting think? those, you know, as many starting pitchers as, as you can get. It would swing the pendulum the exact opposite way where it is now. Right. I just, I don't, I just don't, even if it is just from the argument sake of like devalue, like I feel like for our league, having one 
an entire category. Like we have saves and holds as separate categories, and there's pretty much four spots for relief pitchers. Like obviously one is just a pitcher spot, and you really only use if you just have that many starting pitchers going that day. We have four reliever spots pretty much and a hold and holds and saves as separate categories. So I, it would be tough in my opinion to just, even if you increased it to 50 to value or, or to devalue the relief pitching, I think it would stay, pr- you would have like the, the starting pitcher relief pitcher guys, not maybe be valued as high because like they probably, most of them probably shouldn't, but I think just having saves and holds separate and, pretty much four relief pitcher spots. It's hard. Like I think there's, there's always going to be value there based off of our roster format and scoring. I, I, so I don't want to go too extreme with it. I agree with John that I don't want to go too extreme with it. Um, And I do think that we would eventually hit a place where it's like, okay, we've, we've gone too far. I think either one of these are conservative increases where people still have to actually make like, like they have, they can't just have relievers. Like you have to get the innings, um, and I think it's a little bit, a little bit more fair across the board. It eliminates some extreme strategies, um, but yeah, I, I, I think but, thirty or thirty-five is fine. And to me, a fifty percent increase going to thirty, there's a big difference between a fifty percent increase and a seventy-five percent increase. You know, I know it's only five innings. But to me, I, I think I'll vote for 30 because obviously I'm the one that submitted that rule. But um, but I just uh, I think that's a good starting point, kind of like we started with three NAs and we're segueing now into six, nine, 12. How many are we how many are we had? Hold your horses. <laughs> so the next thing we're talking about is not NAs. It's another Andrew submission. So, you know, it's going to be a good one or at least one that people won't shut up about. Um Trading opening up after the championship until the keeper deadline. So basically the roster that you end with keepable players would be able to be traded before the keeper deadline. So let's say you have nine guys that you really like that you really want to keep and you see another team and it's like, listen, I can give you these two guys and they'll be your seventh and eighth keeper and I'll upgrade them with this, you know, something along those lines. I think it's great in theory um, but it's going to be harder to find a match, but I also think it will raise the floor on keepers. So I'm all for it. Um, I want to specify, and this wasn't in the, in the rule change submission, but I put on, added on, you know, you can only keep one player per round. That's the rule. And there are currently no draft pick trades. And I would probably vote no on draft pick trades if they were submitted because it's just a huge pain in the ass and kind of changes the whole nature of the league. But Andrew, why don't you talk a little bit about what you're thinking here? Yeah. Um, it, it goes to the, the, the whole thing of I, even in not baseball season, I love looking at, at baseball content, look at fantasy baseball stuff, listen to podcasts, all of the above um, more trades, just more. I want year round baseball talk. Um, so if I have the opportunity to do that, I'm going to, I thought it was an awesome idea. I think, you know, teams that are, are potentially, for example, me, I traded a lot of people, I've asked keepable assets away because I tried to win the championship this year and I'm now keeping two relief pitchers. Not that, you know, that that's an awful thing, but I would, I would have loved the chance to where like, okay, I didn't win or like, Hey, the championship's over. Let me try to, if I need to retool, retool now 
instead of having to wait till next year's draft um, or something like that. But really what it comes down to is more trades, which I'm in, and more baseball more often. So, so and, and I love this uh, I, I, for all of those reasons that you're constantly talking and, and trading and maneuvering even in the offseason. I love it even more for, you know, the teams that are going for it. And when they don't make it, it's soul crushing. And so then you have an offseason. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yes. Soul crushing. Yeah. Um, (laughs) you have an off season to possibly retool. I've been in the situation before where I had to give up Freddie Freeman, put him back in the draft because, you know, um, I, I, I had him and George Springer in the same round. Whereas if I could have traded him in the off season, I could have gotten somebody decent out of him. You know, I I might not have gotten the value for him that I would have got during the season, but I could have gotten two uh, medium level keepers, Max, in your note, you said only keeper eligible players could be traded. Uh, I don't know that you even have to notate that because who's going to accept a trade of somebody like, what's the point of me giving you, you know, two guys and only one of which is keeper eligible for another guy? Um, I'm not going to accept that trade. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I don't even know that you have to specify that because if somebody trades for somebody that's not keeper eligible, then they're just fucking dumb. And they're they're not going to do that. So listen um, on on McDonald's coffee cups, it says caution, hot liquid inside. Okay, and so and this people is have my, to learn. That's the thing. So and I, I've been uh, I, I've I've been a part of of the uh, voting on rule change discussion drunkenly before, and I do need to highlight this. I have to call it out ahead of time because I can promise you Huck would stand up and take the floor and comment on this knowing that it's pointless. So I, I just I but wanted see, to that's call the it thing out ahead is, of time. I don't care that it's pointless. It doesn't matter. It doesn't affect the grand scheme of things. It only affects the moron that is looking to accept that trade. It's like tricking someone into trading someone and saying, this guy's keeper eligible, but he's not. If they didn't do their homework, then they're fucking stupid. You know, and, and I mean, that's kind of the the basis of it. But I love the idea of being able to do that. Personally, I'm looking at nine possible keepers right now. If I could trade one of them or two of them for an upgrade, that would be wonderful. I would absolutely love that. So if we could institute this in the next like week, that'd be hey, great. It sounds to me, I'm, I mean, it's a little different. I was even saying once keepers are in and submitted, you can move them. It messes with some draft things. So I get why it wouldn't. Yeah, um, I hate that. But it's obviously it, the the rules still apply. You can't have like, for example, I can't be like, well, I have two guys in the twenty second now. The rules still apply to where you can only have one yeah. guy per round. But and it's not hard to report. It's it's easy because you're you know we're not uh, we're obviously not able to do this in Yahoo. So you cannot right. send a trade in Yahoo. But we just create a form where we report, okay, this trade was made and it all dumps into a spreadsheet. And whenever Max is making the keeper deals, he goes to that spreadsheet because there's not going to be 40 trades in the off season. I, yeah, I know we I, would I was love about to, to say, about I that. think there's like three, maybe there's four tops. Maybe. Just text and, it to me. And well, uh, if, you, if you make the form, it goes in the spreadsheet. You don't have to search through your texts, you know, and then it's in one spot and everyone can see the trades that are there. They can be public. We can post that on the website. And then it's clear who was traded for right. what. And it's all, it's all there in writing. And so are, I think are, it's yeah. really easy to do. 
Max already makes the the draft, you know, order in a spreadsheet in a Google Doc. And if there's even if there's a trade after keepers are submitted, it's just copying and pasting and moving it to a different square. Yeah, it's super easy. God, don't make me copy paste things. But either way, I I think I think this one's this one's fair. I also think it will. I, I just think there will be pointless discussion around this, whereas it should be probably pushed through. Like it, it makes the most sense. I want the draft pool to be as uh, star-free as possible. I want everybody to have top-notch keepers coming in because it's a freaking dynasty league. That's the whole point. You know what I mean? Like having a good draft and finding value is, is part of it, but like, you know, being able to upgrade your keepers, being able to wheel and deal in December, it's awesome. Yeah. It killed well, me it, to keep two relievers. They're good relievers, but it killed me having to have two of my keepers be fucking relief pitchers. But you're exactly right. The draft pool should be missing the top 128 players in the league. You know, if everybody has eight good keepers, obviously it's not going to work out exactly that way, but this would allow some of the lower teams to increase their keepers. Um, because the team that right now is holding on to Freddie Freeman, is that you, Andrew? No. Um, okay. That would be Max if he, or not Max, sorry. That would be, I think, Kokomish, right? Okay. Yep. Yep. So, yep. yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, so he would be able to trade Freddie Freeman to a, a, a less competitive team and they could improve their keepers. So I, I just, I think that this is a great way to increase parity, increase. Uh, the ability for teams to grow and increase, like Max said, making it more difficult for the draft pool to have less stars in it because we should be keeping the top 128 players every single year. Um, and we're not. Also, uh, when you say, you know, well, if you didn't do your homework, then you're screwed. I will tell you this. If somebody says, oh, I'll trade you this guy he's kept in the fifth and that trade is accepted on faith, I will reverse it um and wag my finger at you and say hey that's not cool like you gotta it's you're a bad guy pal hey you're (laughs) not a really good guy like it's i just i can't imagine people in the league actually doing that but again uh this lid is hot don't touch it but everybody is so used to checking keeper value for trades during the the season i i just i I don't see somebody sneaking one by and it's not like trades during the season where I'm trading a keeper for a star keeper for one lesser keeper and two guys that are going to help me throughout the year. Like you're only going to have semi valuable trades or like two for one type trades when guys have too many keepers and stuff like that. So I'm not saying it's going to be that much of an issue. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I've never had to do that. I'm just saying if somebody did, then I'd I'd reverse trade like, um, but I think this is an easy pass because it's there, there aren't downsides. There are only upsides. So change approved, change approved. Um, that's a Cougar town reference for those of you that haven't seen that amazing show. Uh, not being sarcastic at all. Really, truly wonderful, fantastic wonderful show. show. Max so, used to make fun of me because I watched it. Max it, looks a lot like one of the main characters. Like I exactly. Look, I look nothing like one of the main characters. The I learned picture the of one show. of the characters of that show is what pops up on my phone when Max calls me. So we're talking NAs. NA slot expansion. Uh, there are two suggestions. Um, one person says we should go from three to four. And another person says we should go from three to five. John, which one is it? 
Well, did you read my explanation? No, I I just assumed it was copied and pasted from past years. Uh, <laughs> it was, and then I added some things. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So um, the actual text in the rationalization says everyone was scared of five last year, but they were okay with three. Sliding in one extra spot with a little lube won't hurt too much. It really <laughs> leans on the dynasty in National Pastime Dynasty. So... As much as I would, I would definitely vote for five. Um, I thought four was a step in the right direction. Um, Y'all know me. I love the dynasty portion. I love to draft prospects. I think it's awesome to to draft somebody and keep them for a couple years before they come up and everybody's going to see O'Neill Cruz just absolutely dominate this year. Um, And it's just going to be fucking awesome. So uh, I will vote for both. Similar to how you feel about the 30 and 35 innings, I will vote for four. I will vote for five. Um, I, I just, I, I think we can get too heavy on this. I don't think, I think more than five, that's probably the limit is, is five. Um, I think if we did go to five, believe it or not, I would not submit a rule change next year. Um, but I, I just, I think five is where we need to get, whether it's one this year or, or um, two. What's really interesting is, so that's your suggestion and rationalization for expand NA slots from three to five. The other rule suggestion, three or three to four, you submitted three to four. The other rule suggestion was for three to five. They didn't mention lube once. Okay. <laughs> They're, all they have for rationalization is more players, more fun. I mean, Luke so, comes to play in that conversation as well. There are, there are two ways you can go when typing out your rationalizations, guys. One of them references lube. The other one, more players, more fun. Okay. So, Andrew, what do you think about uh, adding NAs? No, I, I am 100% on board. Uh, three to five. Let's just like get there with the lube. Like I know it wasn't in the three to five one, but let's like use lube also. Um, I'm all in for it. I, I do see a, I don't know the right way to say this, but like it, it, it making it take a little less parody out of it for, for example, um, just from a, if, if you pay more attention, you're obviously, but that's going to be normal. I think there's some players that don't even have their NA spots filled right now, like didn't draft them. Um, so I could see where if like, if that's the case where I draft, I have five NAs and someone else doesn't, that could, could lead to a problem down the line, but that's their own fault. Um, I do agree. The Once you get kind of over five, it's like, well, we might as well just have a whole minor league team <laughs> or roster to call it, like things like that. So I do think once you get past five, it, it could be a problem. But I will vote yes to both and hope it is uh, up to five. I love me some prospects. So I'm, I'm with both of you guys. I'll vote yes. I would vote for four. I would vote for five. We are, I mean, like I said earlier, we've had the same people in this league for a couple of years now. Everyone has more than enough, uh, enough experience to know what they're doing. And like, I'm not going to uh, saying, well, other people don't use their NA slots. And so like this only benefits a couple of teams. Like we're not going to handhold you. Like using right. your NA slots. I mean, Levi proved it. Levi drafted Ozzy Albies and uh, Fernando Tatis, and he called him Tatis for years, you know, and look at him now. Like Levi's got 
he might he might be terrible at, at drafting, you know, major league guys, but he can draft one hell of an NA, you know. So like it's it goes both ways. Like, yeah, for for some of us, it's like, okay, well, this is just gonna make our teams that I think have already got good keepers even better. But there are some people where it's like, like if I have a team and I don't have a whole lot of great keepers, I'm gonna do something maybe similar to what John did, where I just have O'Neill Cruz and seven NA guys and get third to last and, you know, apologize for nothing. Yeah. A couple of years later, you have the best keepers in the league and you're going to fucking dominate again. Do you see if, if it goes from three to five, let's say in like three years, people, a rule change being submitted to where it's like, I want there to be 10 keepers now. Yeah. I'd say no, well, or at least I'd vote no. Yeah. yeah I think I, I do think if you're looking at, you know, 16 times five, that is a, a ton of players. You're no, looking do the at math. 30 players. 30? You're look, I'm sorry, 30. 50 plus 80 is eight, 50 plus 30 is 80. Thank there you. you. Go. Yeah. Um, yeah. Happy for 80 you. players. <laughs> you know, it's hard to do a whole lot of research past the top 100. Uh, unless you're really, really digging deep or into individual teams. We all know that in individual teams. But I think if you get past five, you're getting a little excessive. Like you said, then might as well just have a whole minor league draft. Right. Um, and I think and, Brad and Victor would just start drafting their kids. Uh, yeah. And that's okay. Let them do that. You know, <laughs> once their kids are are Yahoo eligible, they should, they should be able to do that. Cause I was going to draft John Rocker last year and I wasn't able to do that because he wasn't uh, on Yahoo. Yeah, that's that's uh, fair. Not John Rocker. Kumar Rocker is the name you're oh, probably no thinking of. Man, I'm all over the place. If I could draft John Rocker, though, golly, that guy was one that's, hell of a closer. Well, the intimidation factor would be there for sure. Uh, I mean, he, not a great person, great baseball player. All right, so the last rule change suggestion we've got, uh, are either of you taking this seriously, bringing errors back? I, I put in the podcast notes, over my dead fucking body. That, like, no. Uh, I'm anti-errors forever. Are either of you pro-errors? Is this worth discussing? I'll fucking quit if they yeah. bring back errors. I'll quit. Fuck errors. I'll quit. Fuck, fuck errors. Fuck errors. Call Jordan Moreno's boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> he is available. Also, Jordan Moreno's fiance. Congratulations, Jordan Moreno and our fiance. I'm sure they're listening. <laughs> they should be. If he wants to be in the league, he better be listening. Um so our last topic, we're getting away from rule changes, having a little bit of fun. Um, so there are currently 30 teams in Major League Baseball. Not sure if you guys knew that. Uh, so MLB, like this is just a, a what if rhetorical exercise. Um, let's say the the Major League Baseball expansion, they expanded. What am I trying to say here, guys? If MLB expanded and added two teams so that there were 32 teams in the league um, and this would kind of split it up the same way football does, in my opinion, maybe you guys have a different idea for how this would look, but I think it would be instead of uh, East Northwest, it would be East Northwest South, Um, not in that order. So let's say if there are two expansion teams, which cities get teams and what are their mascots? Now I asked you guys to, prepare for this earlier in the day and i'm not sure if you have but john i'm going to start with you because out of all of us i'd say you're the one least likely to have prepared something 
Well, here I am going to fucking surprise you, Max. (laughs) (laughs) I I botched the intro about as badly as you can, so it really can't get worse for me. So um, I like to take baseball trips. And in those baseball trips, I like to be as efficient as possible and go to as many stadiums in one trip. Like we flew to L.A., went to a game in Anaheim, drove down to San Diego, drove back and went to Chavez Ravine, um, driving up to the Northeast and hit uh both both stadiums in new york and then philly and then baltimore and uh, the national stadium all in one trip so the issue with baseball trips is there's a couple there's a handful of singletons in the country where you really can't go to multiple games you're if you're fly, if you're going to a mariners game you're not driving i guess the closest thing would be to drive down the coast to san fran um i'm not 100 sure how long of a drive colorado colorado might be a little closer uh, i'd say northern california might be a little closer to pacific northwest than colorado but i may be wrong I don't know. um it's and, well it's a far it's a long ass drive it's regardless. a haul yeah so there's there's three singletons that i look at that really stand alone where that's the only stadium you're going to be able to go and that's where i would look to grow those three singletons are seattle um the diamondbacks and the braves because there's even though the braves you could drive to florida um and driving down to Florida, whether it's Miami on the south side or Tampa Bay on the west side, um, that that can be kind of difficult. And so the Braves are almost out there on an island by themselves. So I looked at places around those three areas. First off, I would say Savannah, Georgia. So Savannah is... Uh, If you're going to say it, you know how you have to say it. Come on. Come on. There's no, been a murder. I, I don't have those sales, skills. Sales been a murder. It's like peanut butter coming out of like your molasses. Mouth. It's like molasses. <laughs> <laughs> so, General James Oglethorpe was the one that founded uh, Savannah, Georgia. <laughs> We're getting so, a James Oglethorpe mentioned the in this fighting. <laughs> the fighting Savannah Oglethorpes. <laughs> could be an amazing addition to the NL East or an NL South division. Um, Next, you're looking up at the Pacific Northwest. Obviously, Portland has been discussed, you know, as an option. And I think that that would be uh, a great option, um, both for the alliteration side and because everything in the world is political now. The only obvious choice is the Portland protesters. Um, and so they would be a great addition to, you know, the, the, the AL West and the Astros could play actual teams that are close to them other than the Rangers and not have to go all the way up top. Um, and then you're looking at around Arizona. There's two options. There's uh, here in Texas, we already have a couple of teams, but Lubbock is far enough away from the DFW area and it could sustain its own team. Um, Lubbock is a fun town, but just a disaster of a town. If They'd you have to, to build an there. airport in Lubbock. The, the, the airport the, in Lubbock, dude. I know, the, but still. <laughs> the wind would blow everything away because the wind just blows 100 miles an hour out there. But since we lost a Native American team in MLB this year, um, Lubbock was actually had a large Comanche 
population in the past, a little bit of history there for, for y'all who are really listening to this for the history information. <laughs> so the Lubbock Comanches is a clear option for a good Southern team. Um, and then the only other one would be, once again, adding something to where you could double up with Chase Field in Albuquerque. Albuquerque, New Mexico doesn't have a team. They need a team. Um, they would obviously have to work with I don't know who owns Looney Tunes. It's on HBO Max. So whoever owns that um, and they would have to do something with Bugs Bunny because, you know, he took a wrong turn at Albuquerque. So whether they are the Albuquerque wrong turns, which would be just a fucking stupid name, or yeah. they were the Albuquerque, you know, Bugs Bunnies. I I, I don't know. Those but are terrible. Also, also be, stupid name. <laughs> it would be a terrible name, but it would be a marketing dream to mix Looney Tunes in with the MLB in the expansion team. But these options would give you different options taking baseball trips to hit up multiple stadiums instead of these singletons being out there on an island. I just can't imagine having all the like like for this exercise having San Antonio, having Austin available and saying, you know what? City in Texas needs a professional sports team. Let's, let's first of all, not even El Paso. Let's put it in (laughs) Lubbock and let's give them the native American uh, mascot so that all the worst, dumbest tech racists can roll out in their headdresses and like get on camera. It would be appropriation city. You're right. It'd be, it'd be pretty rough. They would change the name from Lubbock to Appropriation City, I think. <laughs> Good Lord. Andrew, please tell me you have better. Like, don't get me wrong. A couple of those I really like. Um, right. Not the names, but the cities, I guess. Andrew? I, I think, I think, and make sure we put, when you upload this podcast, you tag it as like a history, like a history <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Make sure you add uh, add that. Um, James Oglethorpe. Oh, so the so Oglethorpe's. I, 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 I buy that hat in a second. If Oglethorpe's <laughs> family is listening to this, we're apologizing. First of all, that your uh, ancestor had. We'll to pay be you for nothing. This, yeah, we'll pay you for nothing. Good luck finding us. But good God, Andrew, who you got? So I came up with three. Um, I think one of I, I mean I think all of them are, are somewhat common sense. One of uh, one of which is just being Vegas. Um, ever there's all sport teams are getting added to Vegas. They have hockey, they have football. Um, so I think Vegas makes sense. Um, just go f- sports gambling is becoming a thing everywhere. So why not do Vegas from a team name perspective? Um, this is, this is a, uh, call out to our online 2k league that Max and I are in with Ethan, but I like the, the Las Vegas venom. Ooh. You know, just a little Las Vegas venom. You could obviously go like the the gamblers or the aces or something like that if you want to play the gambling spin. But I like the the Las Vegas venom. The other one I had, and this this may be a little selfish, but uh, add a professional team in Austin. Um, have have a little Texas Triangle action. Some more uh, starting at a reasonable time for us Ranger and Astros fans, you know, games within a division that aren't on the West coast. So I, San Antonio would be a good pick, but I, I decided to go with Austin because all they have is an MLS team. Um, in Austin, I, I chose the Aztecs um, name alliteration. And also there used to be a, one of the first like, United like soccer teams, professional soccer teams were called the Aztecs. And then the other one is Nashville. Um, 
I thought John was going to take Nashville when he was talking about, you know, kind of close to Atlanta. And thank God he went with Savannah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Nashville, Nashville, you call them like the blue notes or like some sort of musical something. Um, Nashville's a popping city, tons of bars. I saw a report that came out. It was like four foot like for the football stadiums it was like the number of bars within a five mile radius of the stadium and in nashville that the titans one was like a top five and so i think nashville would be an awesome addition obviously still somewhat you know within 200 250 miles of atlanta i think don't do not google it but um i think those three would be you know just from a, a population standpoint enough to support a team a growing cities um so I think those are all three. And, and I would also love another Canada team. Uh, I didn't think I just kind of thought of that. So I would love to bring back another team in Canada as well. Bring back the Expos. Uh, Expos. I expose. Well, so I, I like those suggestions. I I'm surprised. Uh, I don't, well, I guess each of you had a Texas suggestion. I, I am all for San Antonio or Austin getting a team. You know, Florida has three teams. I think California has, what, four? Uh, mm-hmm. So, like, why not have three in Texas? Neither of mine are Texas teams, though. So, and I I tried to construct this in a way where, like, I, I, I have the AL South and the NL South because I was trying to make sense of it um, just from, like, a traveling perspective. So, New Mexico, uh, just like John, whether it's Albuquerque or just New Mexico, the same way the Texas, Texas Rangers are Texas, um, so Albuquerque already has a minor league team with a great logo and a great name, the Albuquerque isotopes. Like the, I've looked at their ballpark and it's definitely not big enough for a major league team, but I mean, as far as like a one or two year turnaround on that, you know, especially, or maybe like while the real stadium is getting built, like they can still utilize that and just add seating for a couple thousand more um like i i like the name isotopes i i don't think there's anything to change there so (laughs) beyond that you guys know so if they went with the new mexico route and just saying we're going to leave the isotopes um we're going to have the stadium just outside of of albuquerque so that we can build around it um you guys know what the you might you probably know this i'm sure but it's the reptile of New Mexico. It's like New Mexico's chosen reptile. I'm not very well versed on my New Mexico knowledge. Weird. So I, okay. I, do, I do apologize for not coming prepared. Well, I can't <laughs> believe we don't know this. What kind of no. morons. Don't well, know been, this. I've been to Albuquerque once and it wasn't that great of a place. So John's, <laughs> John's got the history, but let me tell you, the whip tail is the. That, that would have been my first guess. Is the reptile. Of New Mexico, so the New Mexico whiptails, it's a lizard. Um, ah, thank you for the clarification. <laughs> that has to be in the name, though. <laughs> but like, but like whiptails, it's like it's, whiptails it's, written across the front with it's a lizard in parentheses. Right. <laughs> it's a lizard. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but here's the thing like diamondbacks, yes, like you know, if you talk to somebody in Texas, somebody in Arizona, they might know that, but like. You go, I guarantee you, if you don't put a snake there, you go to New York and ask somebody what the fuck a diamondback is. They're going to be like, ah, you know, is it a card? Like, are we talking cards, aces, stuff like that? Um, so whiptails. I think you can catch on. I'm all for it. Put like it in New name. Mexico. So then I went close 
to Nashville. I went to Memphis. Um, I think there is more than enough population around there to support a team. And I started with, so first of all, I just want to know if you guys know this, the, the, uh, the chosen outdoor animal of the state of Tennessee. I'm going to say again, I'm not well versed on my Tennessee state knowledge. Is it the whip tail? No, it's not. Is it another lizard? It's on a government (laughs) website. So, you know, it's a real thing. (laughs) I, I, you've stumped me. The, the chosen wild animal of Tennessee is the raccoon. Okay. You have to say it like that. Yeah. (laughs) It's raccoon, raccoon. Yeah, but why are you saying raccoon? Raccoon? Well, raccoon? Raccoon? You, so, you sound like Schmidt from New Girl when you say raccoon. <laughs> raccoon. <laughs> it's, it's, it's how it reads to me. It's a raccoon. Um, it's a so, <laughs> how do you say your A's in other words? <laughs> like, are you, Is there I, a U in it that uh, I don't know about? Atlanta raccoon? Like, what do you raccoon? mean? Raccoon? Uh, Atlanta? <laughs> Atlanta? Houston Astros? Atlanta? Atlanta? <laughs> Houston Astros. Um, so then I decided to go away from raccoons because Memphis is in the South and I can just imagine. Was that, of, wait, oh, was that just a shitty step, like a <laughs> shitty lesson? Lead in. No, no, no. It's like, FYI. Like, like I have it written down Memphis raccoons and then I have the, the strike through it. Because I thought about it. I thought about these rednecks going out to the park and going, let's go, people, coons. People go wouldn't coons. know how to say it. Yeah, Get them, coons. The well, that's right. Too. So Having I, people pronouncing it raccoon. I leaned a little bit more in a Graceland, and I went with the Memphis Hound Dogs. Mm. Right? Memphis what, Hound Dogs. Was there a reason you chose Memphis over Nashville? I'm just saying. Uh, uh, Nashville's already got uh, a professional football team. And I think Memphis is like a, from a population. Memphis has a basketball team. They have a college basketball team that is pretty heavily supported. But I think they have they an NBA the, team. Well, yeah. Oh, I forgot the Grizzlies exist. Even I knew that. Right. Listen, you raccoon. I, I still, <laughs> he just wanted the raccoons. I still yeah. think of them of the Vancouver Grizzlies. You, with big you could have used the raccoon in Nashville. It's the it's right. the Tennessee. It's the Tennessee animal, state. whatever the yeah. hell you but said. It still would have been abused by race. What do you but- What are you doing tonight? I'm going to the raccoon game. <laughs> I'm, going the, I'm going to the raccoons game. Oh yeah, go coons. Um, so in in my construction here, so the AL South is uh, New Mexico, Texas, Houston, and here's the problem. Okay, like if if, if you want to keep the West in shape, you have to leave Arizona out there. Um, so I. I Drag down Kansas City into the south because yeah, no. the other option is St. Louis, and I don't want the Cardinals in our division. That's just me being selfish. <laughs> okay. okay. NL South. Well, and Kansas City's only eight hours from DFW. Uh, I mean, that is that's the way to go. It's it, that's been my argument all along because that's the right. You know, other than the Astros, that's the closest team to the Rangers. It's really easy to get up there. Right. It's it's better than Seattle. Either way, like yeah, you're still solving some problems. And Oakland. And yeah, and Oakland. Um. The NL South would be Atlanta, uh, Tampa Bay, Miami, and then the raccoons or the hound dogs of Memphis. <laughs> he's now he's now uh, second guessing his thing. I should have just no, talked no, about the raccoons. It's, it's the hound dogs. It's the hound dogs, not the raccoons. 
but uh, but yeah, that's that's my proposed construction. And then I think everything else kind of works itself out with divisions that already exist. But this is a fun exercise. Um, oh, I, enjoy, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I'm Great. glad we all looked at at least one Wikipedia page for research. Absolutely. <laughs> I will say your uh, your uh, Isotopes Park in Albuquerque has 13. The capacity is 13,500 people. So it could fit Rays fans. And, like that's big yeah. enough for the Rays. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it has. <laughs> It has 11,124 fixed seats. Well, you just oh. got to you got to unbreak some more seats, you know? I mean, I I, I agree. Just you but, know, get some more seats, but No, they just they would just have to build um I think you build some build some sort of uh contraption in the outfield cuz they don't have outfield seating there. No. Also the name of the park is Rio Grande Credit Union Field at Isotopes Park. That is the name rolls off the tongue yeah exactly. i love it it's almost as good as the beef it's what's for dinner 200 or 300 or whatever i i was looking on tv the other day and there was a nascar event and it was the beef it's what's for dinner periods in between like beef period it's what's for dinner period 300 and that was the race <laughs> did you know oh. they renamed miller park i didn't know that till like last week uh miller park is no longer miller park now. what is it it's something 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 where the brewers play okay I'm pretty sure they have that printed on the outside it's, of the Amer- it's, it's american family field right yeah i don't i guess i don't know what the fuck's wrong with people it's miller park i don't know that's that's i don't know buster posey retired it's <laughs> <laughs> so weird um all right so that's all we've got for you in a nearly two hour episode that i promised myself wouldn't go two hours um Next week, we will be talking with Huck and Ethan about the draft pool and, and you know, draft preparation. Um, Andrew, I'm thinking I might just buy this uh, bingo ball thing right now. Well, let me know. I'll uh, I'll, yeah. pay, I'll cover half or pay for it all since it was my my rule change that that caused the the purchase. So let me know. And I'll Venmo you. Technically, I think it should be you, but, uh, but I'll, yeah, pay, I'll Venmo you. We'll work it out. Um Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We will be talking to you again next week on behalf of John and Andrew. uh, Thanks for joining us guys. Do you have any last words? You didn't fuck up the outro nearly as bad as you fucked up the intro. Well done. The first time they didn't hear the fucked up intro. They did hear the uh, fucked up uh, trivia intro. So that's, you know, it's what it is. It is what Um, it is. It can only get better from here. Keepers, yeah, you would think. Submit your keepers now. Did anyone say anything about free agents as why they haven't turned it in? Nope. I was just wondering. All right. No excuse. Turn them in. No excuse. We'll see you guys next week. So y'all don't want me to do mine live on on the on the podcast? If you're gonna do it right now. No, I don't think I will. It'd be perfect. It'd be perfect. Uh, you is Trevor Bauer. Down. Is Trevor Bauer gonna play this year? Uh, I don't know. He sucks. No. I don't, you don't want no. us to, on your team anyways. You, you think I'm going to find out if Trevor Bauer is going to play no. before Sunday? Absolutely, Absolutely not. not. I'm, I'm pretty sure it could happen. Nope. I'm 100% guaranteeing it doesn't happen. Honestly, if we hear you click submit keepers, it'll be the best thing we've put on this podcast so far. <laughs> so should I keep Trevor Bauer? That's, no, that's kind of the conversation. No, no you have. drop him. You drop him. No, drop He's him. Let him go. Yeah. Fuck that guy. He sucks. Fuck him. Yeah, uh, I have in my calendar to submit keepers. 
Sunday, Sunday night. We'll see. Great. I'm going to give MLB all the time in the world to announce Trevor Bauer news. Love it. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Oh, the rain.